There's a rule that I introduced years ago, which is the one who owns it is the one who writes it down and keeps it current. Yeah. And in a lot of organizations, that suddenly meant a whole bunch of stuff just got unowned. Product Growth Leaders proudly presents the Business of Product Topic of the Week, a podcast that explores product management and leadership topics through interactive conversations with our product leader panelists. Conversations that will challenge you to think about your thoughts on the topic and perhaps get you to change your mind. I am Grant Hunter, co-founder of Product Growth Leaders and the host and facilitator for these conversations. Listen, subscribe, and add your voice to the conversation every week in the Product Growth Leaders community. Hello, everybody. Grant Hunter here with another topic of the week. This week, we're going to be talking about product managers and micromanagement with a wonderful panel. As always, joined by my co-founder of Product Growth Leader, Steve Johnson, our longtime and sort of golden child of mine, uh, Jason Vincelette. <laughs> Anita Wood, a frequent panelist who always brings great insight. And, and honestly, I'll be willing to say, I think the call, I just went through almost every single conversation we've had. I think having Anita on the call is a variable that actually means it's going to be a better call. So we're in luck today to have Anita on the call. We've got a first time panelist joining us, Calvin Marshall. Calvin, I hope you've come ready to bring your takes and have some good time. And finally, although he's not showing up yet, we've got John Gattrell, uh, who's hiding himself right now, who's, it, who's also joining us. There's John Gattrell, a very frequent panelist, as we talk about micromanagement. Now, I don't know if it's the topic or if it's just we're getting a lot of engagement. Steve, I think we had more answers on Monday than we've ever had from a lot of new people chiming in. Apparently, this is an issue that bothers a great many of us. It, 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 it what bothers some people and for other people, it, it resembles them. <laughs> yeah, good point. So let's get down to start talking about what our question was for Monday. The question for Monday was, how should a product manager deal with people who continue to micromanage their work? So Graham Rowe, one of our frequent commenters, although we haven't gotten him on this call yet, we've had him some of other, uh, some of our ne other network calls, says, remind yourself they're paying for your services, <laughs> then start looking for a new gig. Uh, <laughs> this goes back to something we used to talk about in training course, right? It, if, the, if it's a hippo, right? If it's the highest and most important person in the room is making the decision against market data, maybe it's time to find a new job. So I think Graham was sort of channeling that. John Cottrell came in quick and wait a second. I have to do a, a side note. Jason, how did all these people beat you? Right. Was Monday busy for you? Yeah. Like I said, you know, working for a Finnish company, I'm, I, by this time, by the time that you're getting later and later by pushing this out, I'm kidding. But by the time you push this out, I might be already very engaged in calls and projects and those okay. kind of things. First thing Monday morning. So I, yeah. I, I was just, it's, normally your name is at least on the first page of my notes and it's like not. Trust time, me, I so. do like slap my head as soon as I see other respondents. <laughs> I wish there was a way we can block them until I respond first. Well, actually there were some great responses. The second response in was John Cottrell. John Cottrell detests micromanagers. John, that sort of sounded like I was doing a, a dating game. John Cottrell detests <laughs> micromanagers. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, you got to trust people, right? You got to empower and trust them. But certainly there's a grayscale to that, right? And, and, and as you, you go on to say, it's a style issue. You, you know, you've worked with junior PMs who require a significant amount of time, investment and direction. But where's the difference between micromanagement and management, right? And helping them to grow along. So the question is, if you're hiring a senior person and micromanaging them, should that be a direct discussion with the superior about working preference? You like to give people goals, directional timelines and ask them how you can help. Uh, you look at your PM is to give you guidance on status and set their own dates for completion, providing it. You're a fairly hands-off. You're almost like the, the opposite of micromanager. Well, I mean, you, you hire people because you believe they're the right people that can succeed and your job is to give them the tools, the air cover. It's not to do the work and direct their work, right? Uh, yeah. And I, and I think micromanagement, I was guilty of it early in my management career, right? I didn't understand that it wasn't task management. I didn't understand that it was actually empowering them to achieve stuff, right? Um, and early on, I would give people dates that would, in my head, make sense based on my capabilities, my skills. And, you know, when people would keep running past those dates, I learned, you know what, let's ask them what the date is. And then if they miss the date, then we'll have a discussion. Or if the date's unreasonable, um, because we all have an inbox, a backlog in life, and uh, putting my worldview, my execution model on others is probably not fair. What, what, what's the old patent saying, Steve? Never tell people how to do things. Tell them what to do and get out of their way. Right. And yeah. so I, it seems I'm going to call you a uh, patent now, John, because you've got to very empower them. And actually, you actually I was going to take you had a sentence here that you ended with that I'm taking the I feel off or I feel I can and just go with. Here's a statement I think was, is a great answer to this. Empower them to lead the extended product team credibly rather than being an extension of some top down tyranny. And so I, I thought that sort of was great advice for how you can help, you know, how you enable your team and not be a micromanager. So John, I, I give you, you know, I thought that was a great take on that. Uh, well, at least looks good on paper. I don't know if that's really how I am in reality, right? I want to believe that is when I look in the mirror, uh, but sometimes it comes back like a house of horrors, right? It, it's a distortion of my actual reality. Well, I, I there's while writing the questions for today, <clears throat> I had a lot of, flashbacks. And it's like, I remember a time where my conversation in my head as a first time product leader was when do I not catch the balls that one of my people are going to drop? And is catching the balls micromanaging or is catching the balls saving your ass? <laughs> right. But you know, wh where's the line between being a good manager and leader and helping people learn and grow versus micromanaging. And, but I thought you st struck a great chord with that. Anita came in with some amazing thoughts as she always does. Often we are not having transparent conversations with each other. So perhaps it is worth actually having a feedback conversation with the micromanager. They may not even realize they are doing it or don't realize you don't like that approach. Secondly, it is always helpful to find out why that person is micromanaging. Are they under enormous pressure? Are they afraid of failure? Are they concerned they will look bad? Do they just not trust me yet? Did I say or do something that miscommunicated what I think of the micromanaging? Digging into this can go a long way to 
understanding why it's happening and, and then being able to discuss the feedback as well as help make change happen. Boy, you took a great sort of soft skills approach, right? Let's actually get on the same page. Let's, let, let's get feedback. Talk to me, Anita, about where your head is with this. Yeah, I think, um, you know, that I think maybe one reason like early in this call, you said you had a lot of feedback on this one, a lot of activity and it's a painful thing, right? And I think we've all experienced it at some point in our career or have, or are guilty of it. And I think back to kind of aha moments where it's like, oh, wait, that micromanager person is a person and it's a human being just like me and there must be some reason. And I think once once you start understanding whether that's your boss, right? Or a leader or someone, you know, you assume it's someone above you who's micromanaging you. Um, really getting in their head and the empathy, right? Mm -hmm. There's got to be a reason that they're doing this and just having those conversations and, you know, managing up, right? Help them solve those problems, help them figure out what, what is it that's causing this. And, you know, if you can resolve some pain points for your, for your boss, that goes a long way. So yeah, those conversations lead to just better understanding each other and, being able to work together more to solve those problems, whatever is causing that micromanaging, right? Yeah. Sometimes I've felt that micromanaging though from peers, like a project manager who's trying to get into the details or finance or development, they're trying some people trying to do yeah. our jobs. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I think my answer holds true in that case as well. Some, something's amiss there, right? They either don't yeah. trust you yet. They don't believe that you can do your job. You haven't built a good relationship something is a root cause there. Right. And, yeah. and maybe it's a bad habit. You know, if, if you go back to the early, you know, I don't know, gosh, I'm old 30 years ago when I started working, it was more normal that people micromanaged, right. It's just, yep. there are new ways. I, I love to read about the evolutionary organizations. It's, you know, the opposite of micromanaging, but that those are, those are newer leadership styles, right? Have you read about higher purpose, the, the CEO from higher and their micro or micro innovation stuff? No. Um, the, my, one of my favorite books recently that talks about revolutionary organizations is brave new work by Aaron Dignan. Okay. I'll have to I, check that one out. Yeah. That, that one's great. And it's, you know, the opposite of micromanaging. And I, I like to read a lot about that and learn about that. I think there's more micromanaging than the more modern styles of leadership, honestly. I, I, I think you're, it's, you know, so much of management in at least Western culture has come from a military type, right? Top down, even structures and companies tend to have sort of a military-ish type uh, hierarchy. And, and that sort of enables command and control and micromanagement, I think. And, and it's, you know, the higher purpose, I'll, I'll put it in the, in the notes when I write this thing up. It's the CEO of uh, Hire, the manufacturing company in, in China and how they sort of help transform the whole culture of allowing teams to make micro enterprises and really from the ground up, create these small, you know, independent teams to go out and innovate and do cool things. And I think that, you know, we could probably do a whole thing on, on that type of stuff. Uh, moving on, some of our answers. Kathy Wright was a first-time uh, respondent for our money question. She said, she said it depends on who's doing the micromanaging, uh, stakeholder, manager, executive. Personally, as a leader, I hate micromanaging. It seems like everybody says they hate micromanaging, but then who's actually doing the micromanaging? Sorry, side note. Uh, but there are times I feel like I must because I don't think that the employee is on top of or taking ownership or the responsibilities. I think to me that aligns with my catching the balls. 
uh, solution is communicate better frequently earlier. And, I, and that seems like a common theme across most of our poll. It's about, this is about transparent communication and getting on the same page and understanding stuff. Jason, is that like one, two, three, four, I think four or five in. Oh, Calva, do you have something to add? Yeah, so, you know, so a, a couple of things on this. I think that it, it really, the micromanagement is, it becomes almost a, a perception and de depending on somebody's style. You know, um, different people have a greater need to be in the weeds or, or maybe not in the weeds, but in, in the thick of, of decision-making, you yep. know? And so I find that, that you know, I'm kind of at, at a higher level where I tend to just kind of step back where other people around me need to be really engaged and really have, you know, really get into the, into the minutiae. Yeah. And I think that you you'd really address that through communication, really understanding what, you know, if, if I feel like I'm being micromanaged or another person feels like they need greater amount of information, communicating and having those conversations to make sure that that other person uh, feels comfortable. And, and I think, and I think Anita may, may have said this, that, you know, depending on who the micro, who's doing the micromanaging, you know, whether it's other departments, they may have a different, Different stake, uh, different stake involved, and, and feel a, a greater need to uh, make sure that you know, certain areas are you know are covered to the extent that they're comfortable. No, I, I think that's a great point. And one thing, sometimes things pop into my head when somebody's giving an answer. I know this is it something you said or just made you made me think more. A lot of it's a cultural thing, right? Sometimes it's the CEO or president who's micromanaging their leadership team. So the leadership team starts micromanaging their team yeah. and then it just cascades down. And, you know, you have, I've been at companies both as an employee and as a consultant at companies that were just micromanagement culture. Cause everybody went, I, I spent, you know, a day a week creating slides for my senior vice president. So on Friday, he was prepared to answer any question in the leadership team meeting, right? Not what he was supposed to present, but to have slides just in case. So it's a like, briefing book is what you're saying. Yeah. A presidential, that, let's say, press release briefing book where you yeah. probably have tabs and stuff. It, it, exactly. But that was what he was doing because he, he was managing expectations up. So, Calvin, thank you for, for chiming in with that on style. And, Jason, actually, that's where you started off. You started off with could be a style issue, and you're not the only one being micromanagement. Could be the manager is not sure of what the exact role of a PM. This goes back to some of the other conversations. And I, I thought that was a great insight because we talked about how a lot of organizations and people don't understand the role of product management. And potentially the micromanagement is because of that misunderstanding. I'd love you, for you to talk about that. Have you seen that where you are, Jason? Oh, yeah, a little bit where I am, but more often where I was from. And I think I spoke to it before. Uh, I think it should just be like insecurity on what that role is, what the deliverables are, what their accountability and the drive is for, for product management. Um, and uh, so it goes a little bit to what Calvin is saying and Anita is saying. It's like it could be just environmental, um, but uh, really getting to the nature of why you if you're feeling micromanaged, why is that? And, and speaking to the people that are, are micromanaging you. I mean, my experience with that, if, you know, through my, at, I guess at one point I had my CIO as uh, he was my supervisor, micromanaging me on product information. And, 
and uh, releases and product and um, release information. And I'm just like, why, you know? And it took me a little bit to get to know what was driving it. And he was just getting pressure from the CEO. The CEO was getting pressure from the board. And so it was just all rolling downhill. Um, And so once I realized what all the, what the causes for the micromanagement, especially if it's sudden and what those pressure points were, then I was able to, as a product manager, get in front of that instead of being a recipient and then providing proactively the items that they need to know in time so that they don't feel like they have to come to me and micromanage. And you, so it's just you, about you, where is that transparency? Where is that visibility? And it helps to understand that communication um, that you have to provide. And you, you used a great term. You talked about managing up, right? And yeah. that's how, that was a key thing for me is it's this ability to manage up. Now, Steve came in and Steve had to be a little, uh, you know, a rebel, uh, with his answer. He said, I found that micromanagers encourage it. I promised my team I wouldn't micromanage, but then so-and-so asked, do you like this font? Do you like this color? And before I knew it, I was making all of their decisions. And, you know, talk to me, Steve. I know you're going through some stuff specifically what, what, which got this topic interesting to you. Do you really think that micromanage, is, is, is it almost that narcissistic type thing where it's like, oh, they want me to do this? No, I, I actually think it's about trust, uh, you know, uh, and, and history. Um, you know, how many times have you encountered a developer who says, you know what, I don't care. Just tell me what you want to program. And there's no real engineer who would say that, except the one that's been abused by his past bosses. And uh, I'm going through, I'm working with a team right now that has a very similar situation. There's this dabbler who is like, um, oh, hey, could, could you make the logo a little smaller? Could you make the font a little bigger? And I'm like, screw it. Log in. Go ahead. Do what you want. You know, um, it's like either, either let me do it or you do it. But it's really, and, and I'm sure it's just from his experience, the, the micromanager, it's like, I've had so many problems in the past. You know, I'm going to watch everybody really closely because I don't trust anybody. And then the opposite is true as well. The people who are being micromanaged uh, ultimately say, you know what? Screw it. If you want to tell me the tasks you want me to perform, then I will perform the tasks that you ask. And that was certainly Patty's situation in the example I gave uh, online. Her predecessor was a micromanager and I wasn't. And yet I think she wanted to, you know, make me prove it. You know, really, are you going to micromanage me? And, you know, and I'm like, hey, you know, I trust you. And she's like, do you really? <laughs> you know. Uh, so I think that's what it is. Uh, um, I, and I think, you know, to other points that were made here, I think there are people who are like, I don't trust anybody. So I'm going to put my thumb down on everybody, but I don't want to work for that person. Yeah, I, think I think it's a little bit of a don't blame me, right? If I checkpoint you at every point in time and I get a tacit agreement, you can't blame me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. right? Um, but, you know, there's a little that was my example, too. I mean, I know in the past she had done something and somebody had said, why did you do this? And so and she's like, well, it just seemed OK to me. And they're like, well, except that, you know, it offended this one random person in the executive team. And she's like, oh, shoot, I'm going to lose my job. So now I'll 
I'll not take any chances. And you and don't that, innovate by not taking chances. And I want to turn this a little bit because I've had the opportunity to work with lots of different companies, but I'm in a company and I've been in different cultures. And uh, something I've seen is this uh, faux collaboration, uh, which somehow becomes kind of tyranny of cross-functionals. Um, Mm-hmm. where you know they try to add task to your benchmarks uh, for go no go or create task or criticize task and when you get those cultures of kind of faux collaboration um, you know it really is just you know line item veto capability by other mm-hmm. teams so who owns what mm-hmm. right so i don't think it's just trust it's ownership right uh, i may trust you um, but do you own it? And if you own it, you can take the risk. Mm-hmm. And if you own it, you can be held accountable for the good and the bad. But and I, I worked with a guy and I forget his name, but he's like, you know, management by committee he used a horrible, horrible uh, metaphor. But I, I, it, it resonates in Texas more so maybe than other places. <laughs> um, let, let's everybody put our fingerprints on the gun. Because if everybody's fingerprints are on the gun, yeah, nobody gets blamed, uh, right? What's the old saying? You know, what's a cor- a camel? A horse designed by a committee? <laughs> you know, so part of it, and, it, and it's a consensus versus collaboration because they're trying to say we're all making this. We're all agreeing. We're all in this together, and it's sort of. By this goes back to a racy type thing. That's why you, you want only one person accountable because who, who do you hold accountable if everybody's accountable? And so I, I, I think it's an interesting way to think about micromanaging. Steve, you actually had me thinking about a question I should have had is how do you deprogram somebody who's been micromanaged so much they don't know how to be empowered? Right. Sure, you have an idea of what I should be saying here. So <laughs> no, I don't. This is not a me sending an answer. I think you have. It's more of a, <laughs> you know. And I do that sometimes, Calvin. Just so you know, I've got I know st- all of Steve's stories, and I'm like, oh, this would be great for that story. So I'll send him what I think is a softball, <laughs> and Steve doesn't remember what it is. I've I've forgotten half the stories that Grant has memorized. So, um, well, you know. <laughs> That's okay. I, I tell the other half and, and, and call it mine. So we're good. There we go. Well, you know, <laughs> I, I was actually telling a story once and somebody came out from a nearby office and said, dude, is that your story? That was your sister who did the foyer and the painting. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah that was my sister. And he's like, oh, I heard that as somebody else's story with himself as the you know major subject there. Um, but nonetheless, In my first job in product management, I went to the dev team and said, I want to do well here. How can I help? And I think when you've got a a micromanagement situation or a trust situation or a roles and responsibility situation, I want to believe at least that a rational group of people can sit down and hash this thing out. And let's, let's figure out what's mine and what's yours, because there's more work than both of us can do. And we certainly can't afford for both of us to be doing the same thing. Is, but is that, I mean, most of the conversation about most of the comments about how to address, how to deal with the micromanager, were very, the soft skills, mm-hmm. right. To take a step back, think about their style, communicate, transparent, open. But I love the idea of sort of taking that almost a step forward into how do we better, 
let's clearly define who does what yeah. and roles and make sure that they're not there. I mean, that, I think that would be easier if you're looking at the peers right across the, the mm-hmm. organization than I can't imagine going into a seat, my senior vice president of products going, okay, let's, let's have a sit down here. Here's what I do. <laughs> Here's right. what you do. But, you know, think of it. I, I, I've been a consultant like too long, right? It's like, hang on, let me check. Let me choose one of my slides. <laughs> and the one is, how's that working for you? You know, yeah. so you've got this micromanagement situation. You sit down with the person doing and then say, hey, how's this working for you? I mean, how can how can I empower you so that you're not tasking me yeah. the way you have been? Because it's not working for me. It's pissing me off. Right. And, and that also another thought I had when Anita was talking was I've had literally no training in managing people. I went from zero employees to 12 employees in one day. By contrast, my dad worked at GE. Grant, you know this story. Mm-hmm. Um, and every time you moved up in the organization, they sent you to Crotonville to have training on that level of management. And you'd be surrounded by 100 people doing Legos and nonsense. But um, they were all you know, senior directors, and then you became a, you know, an associate VP and you went to Crotonville again. Um, And I know of no one in my generation who has ever been trained in management by their company, unless they have chosen to do it on their own nickel. I did. I went to Crotonville. Okay. Calvin? Calvin. Yeah. FedEx had had a training program such that if you were, say, an individual contributor, you had to get certified in order to be able to bid on management positions. And yeah, and then so you, you get you get certified, then you have this opportunity to be, you know, a you know essentially be the a a group product manager of product managers or something like that. And then more to and then you and then you take training after that. The, yeah the continue to, to make sure that you are you know being a good and effective manager. Which is interesting because, I mean, kind of as an aside, I find that um, as I, and I I worked at FedEx, I left in 2000, um, which is where I. You don't look old enough to have left FedEx in 2000. um, Sorry. (laughs) I took pragmatic marketing in, uh, you know, actually Steve taught it in April of 2000. But I I guess where I I was going with, with this is that, you know, like Steve said, you you get promoted a lot of times and suddenly you're managing people and being that, that leader is difficult without training. Yet what happens is that the person that is the most effective individual contributor gets to re- be responsible for all of the individual contributors. And, and they still the- treat it like an individual contributor role, which is why they micromanage sometimes. Yeah, I- yeah, you're not equipped to know how to lead, to lead people. Yeah, and you're responsible for this, and you're you you know to your point, you're leading it like a super individual contributor. Yeah, no, I, I, it was actually one of my clients a few years ago. I was working with them on the product management side, but their CEO actually brought in one-on-one training. They had a, they had a training program to teach both employees and managers how to do successful one-on-one training, and it makes me wonder how well that would help in preventing. Uh, micromanagement. With that, I'm going to take a chance here to shift to uh, our poll uh, and 
Uh, I actually also bring on one more panelist, uh, Dharma Subranian, uh, is going to be joining us from here. Uh, glad to have Dharma back on the call. Uh, Dharma, welcome. We, we just had a good conversation on our Monday conversation, and now we're going to talk about our poll. Which function is prone to micromanage product management the most? And Jason, thank you for the clarification question. Jason's like, do you mean which one is prone to micromanage others or which one is prone to being micromanaged? And so I, I gave that clarification. Uh, I don't think it's, you know, there's some hierarchy basis to micromanagement. I think senior leadership was sort of a, uh, a natural in that one. The poll. I started with finance and, you know, if you've been on past calls, I have, Steve has his issue with sales. <clears throat> I have my issue with finance and, and, I probably go back to my exact same example about them making me use a cost of capital of 25% to justify a project because the CFO didn't like it. But I think that was my visceral reaction. Uh, and, but senior leadership came in, you know, you know, high four of the seven votes. Gatrell, did you uh, vote on this one? No, no, I was actually doing work this week. Um... <laughs> well, that's a good thing. <laughs> You know, Jason, like I, sometimes we actually have meetings and inboxes. Uh, I wish I could have, um, but uh, I did not have the chance to vote. And, it, and it's hard, hard to say, right? Again, every culture is going to have different levels of, of micromanagement, different inputs. I mean, uh, you know, I think, uh, Jason, you were saying a CEO micromanage you. Uh, you can get cross-functionals, so... Yeah, I think it's easier at a level to be micromanaged, right? Mm -hmm. And just let it and assume as a junior person that's acceptable managerial clout or skill set. Uh, but um, yeah, it, it's it. I didn't vote. Okay, and it's hard to say. There's one button to push. I would probably do other, right? Or, or I should I should start making other. It depends because it really is depends on the situation. Uh, Jason, did you vote? I voted and then asked for clarity. So that's perfect, right? <laughs> I was like, boom. And I was like, wait. <laughs> no. So, um, but I feel, I still think it works. I seen, you know, I think the, where I've seen, um, micromanagement most prevalent in my experience being uh, heavy on the product owner side of product management. It was in, within the development organization and, um, you know, some development managers will micromanage their their developers or the QA staff and those kind of things. And I think that is when there starts to become a lot of, um, of tension within the organization. And that reflects on your releases and your roadmap and everything as a product manager. And so sometimes you have to come in and even though they don't work directly for you, kind of manage around that and, and help everybody within the development organization around the communication and the micromanagement and, and de-stress it a bit. And so it's still good to understand where that may lie um, uh, in an organization so you can help as a product manager. That, so that's where I've seen it the most and that's why I voted uh, development. You were that one vote for development. It makes sense, especially the more you've in, in, interacted and actually in a very strong development or technology driven culture, I can see that happening. Dharma, I'd love to get your take. Had you voted in the poll? I don't know if I did. Uh, I, I may have engaged on the comment, but I'm not sure whether this one, similar topic last week as well. Um, uh, 
A little. This is more about micromanaging product management. Where do you see the most micromanagement of product management? Senior leadership, development, sales, finance, or other? Um, in my experience, the situations where I've been micromanaged has been from like a senior leadership. Okay. Sales don't care. I mean, as long as I deliver it to them. Um, in also in instances where I have micromanaged against my own will, um, has been when there is a um, you know low uh, task relevant maturity, whether it's a new person coming in yeah. or somebody who's not able to deliver, who's not had success in the past. Nope, makes sense. Awesome, Calvin, did you vote? You're. I, I did. Yeah, I, just, I did not. And I I struggled with this um, because I looked at I looked at each of the. I looked at each of the responses. I, I looked at the comments, and I just really struggled. And it, it's something that, that that Dharma just mentioned made me think of another reason why I would struggle, and that's that each a lot of companies are are driven by different organizations. You know, for example, some you know some you know one might be market driven, or one might be uh, IT or technology driven, or another might be um, sales driven and in each of those organizations there may be a different um a different driver i mean i'm finding that that ADT right now is more sales driven so sales is is very much engaged in the uh in in, in product and it just makes me crazy yeah you know? and, and, so it, really varies. it really varies so i couldn't i had a hard time with answering when one area. I think when we put sales in there as an answer, in my head, I was thinking about the, you know, contract and I, I got requirements of my need. And I'm trying to push my stuff on you, but it might not be micromanagement as well as, as much as political type stuff because sales plays the game a little different. It's not like development who might be able to micromanage you or a project manager, or senior leadership. I don't know, Calvin, when I've got a sales driven company, I tell them I will build anything as long as they close it. If they get that feature in the contract, Fine, uh, but I'm, yeah, if it's not in the contract and it's not, then it's just on the roadmap in the backlog. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I've, I've, I've had an, you know, an issue recently where there was a, a, a product that sales said, you know, if, if we had this, we'd sell a boatload of them. And by boatload, I really mean shitload. Um, but are you willing to put your quota on that? If I give this to you, are you willing to commit the quota? That, you well, see, know. see, and that's, that's, that becomes one of the, one of the challenges because you know, without without kind of uh, lifting up ADT's skirt too much on this, um, that didn't that doesn't happen. Yeah, no, it, it never does because <laughs> it's easy for them to blame. The reason I didn't get this deal is because of this one feature. It's right. What's the old saying? It's you know, product stinks or the price is too high. Yeah, but I think that's where you got to call the bluff, right? Yeah. Where they want a gap. Yeah, fine. I mean, I'm not going to build it specific for one customer ever. But I might accelerate delivery if they put it in the contract and it's a big yeah. enough deal, right? I mean, I just, I mean, but just to throw case, feature request. commission will not be paid if that deal doesn't close. I mean, or if the deal closes and, uh, uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Hang on, doing a full rant. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's cool. Look at you. You got gear. He, he, he's up in his OBS game. Anita, what's your what's your thoughts? 
I didn't vote, but I would say I would have voted senior leadership probably because regardless of the size of organizations I've worked with, it's usually senior leadership that I've experienced micromanaging from. And I've worked for enough founder led organizations where the founder, if you count that person into senior leadership, very heavy micromanaging when you're managing somebody's baby, well, that product is their baby or that portfolio is their baby. There's, there's a, there's a high temptation for micromanaging, right? They're, they're invested. They love it. And there's nothing wrong. (laughs) What are you doing? (laughs) No, that that's, you know, those are the experience we talked about bringing product management to an organization uh, a while back. And and that was the thing for me is that founder owner who steps on your toes all the time because they don't want to let go of those things. That probably now with that said, I'm going to either change the poll because I should have put founder on there because that would have been my vote over finance uh steve i'd love to get your take on the poll before we move on oh i'm i'll do a yes and you know i i chose executives um they uh and and maybe you know founder founder goes in that category as well um and i remember so many times you know the leadership usually the president coming in and saying you know i i, I had god spoke to me in a dream uh, or I had this vision in the shower, uh, and uh, it just seems like this shouldn't be that hard, you know. And I'm like, well, dude, one sentence from you is like three to six months of work for the dev team. So are you really sure about this? And he's like, well, it just seems like we ought to be able to do this. I'm like, okay, great. I'll put everything on hold. Whoa, whoa, wait, wait a minute. I want this. And that, you know, and now we're back to the over-resourcing of development. But uh, that's certainly been my experience is a lot of presidents in particular are, are like, you know, hey, let me dabble a little bit. And there was a rule that I introduced years ago, which is the one who owns it is the one who writes it down and keeps it current. Yeah. And in a lot of organizations, that suddenly meant a whole bunch of stuff just got unowned. Here's a potentially rhetorical question. If a team has been so conditioned that when somebody shares an idea, they start going and working on that, is that still micromanagement or ha- has the micromanagers trained them to be reactive to them? Because well, right? Or management. Because uh, I've worked at companies and it was a CEO founder where the CEO founder was, I'm thinking we might do this. And literally people started working on executing on it. And it's like, it no longer it had to be micromanaged. It was like, he's this transmutive power, which is now they micromanage themselves. Oh, he said this, let's go do that. So interesting to think about. Let's move to our first question, new question of this call. Are there situations where micromanagement may be needed, right? And Dharma, I'm going to go to you on this one because you actually came out sort of with that answer, right? There's sometimes whether it's somebody new or somebody who might not be right living up to what you're expecting from them, are there situations where micromanagement is needed? Yeah, I mean, I can give you an example. Uh, when I was with a company called Alice, we had hired uh, this young smart guy from college, who, you know, gone to master school, but you know, had a couple of years experience before that, and he was in a high pressure situation. We're trying to work with really large you know, hotel PMS vendors like Oracle who wouldn't give us the light of the day. I mean, they were like a little speck of a dust in the corner of, you know, in a room for them, right? 
And but our revenues depend on executing those those integrations and programs successfully. And he was about to quit. Right. So I really had to sit down with him, get into his work, lay it all on a piece of paper and say, here's what you do first, here's what you do second, here's what you do third, and kind of keep checking on him for about three to four weeks continuously until he felt that he was he kind of got his wings under it. Um, so in a way, you know, that is like a level of micromanagement, but given his level of step, you know, uh, juniority, that was needed. Yeah. Anita. I think that micromanagement is um, a necessity when there's something really high risk, uh, you know, really critical timeline, or it's an emergency situation. You know, think of the pandemic, how many, how quickly people had to pivot their organization, their products, you know, and maybe that's when people are really, really in constant conversations and constant oversight uh, when there's a lot of risk to the organization or the product, right? Mm -hmm. And then I, I think that another thing that I think of in this area is that different organizational cultures might require, but even globally, right? If you're working mm -hmm. with global teams where your team expects micromanagement, that's the way they're used to working and you really need to build a relationship with them, especially with a new team, that's their preference, right? So if they want you to micromanage them, that's really what they want. And that's how they work. Um, you know, I recall a specific example that the, the QA team for my software that I was managing was located in, um, in Asia. And the team really wanted me to be very heavily involved and you know, they were on contract, they weren't completely invested in the company. So anything they did wrong was held against them, but based on the contract. So they didn't want to take the risk, they wanted me to tell them more what to do. And, and they kept pulling that out of me, like Steve was saying, they wanted it, they, they kept asking for it, they pulled that micromanagement out of me. But that's, that's what they wanted. And that's what made them feel more comfortable and be able to sleep at night, right? <laughs> so but do you try to change that expectation right I, I, I did but it takes a while right yeah. these are all habits right it's, it was my habit to trust them and you know I've worked with QA teams I used to be QA I you guys are experts do your thing and but they weren't used to that uh, you know it was a different culture in their organization and in their country too they said we're just you know we had conversations about it this just isn't what we're used to and uh, we would prefer that you help us a little more and you know, we found someone who was really a good team leader there with the team that, you know, we trusted, just, we trust you, right? It, it just mm -hmm. takes a while. You know, I think a few people said trust, they trust you and you trust them. And if, if it's a team outside of the organization, I think that makes it more complicated, right? You're on contract and yep. they're not invested in your company, you know, they're not full-time employees, so that they might not care as much about your product or your project. They just want to meet the contractual expectations. So yeah. I think that that adds a little bit of complexity as well. No, but both you and Dharma had sort of hit on this. There are times that you might do it, but both they seem like they were time constrained, right? In mm -hmm. a certain situation and probably even communicating, hey, with everything going on now because of the pandemic and things changing, we need to, I need to be more 
it's it still goes to communication dharma hey we've got this big partner we need to better manage i'm going to come in and help you through this period because it needs to happen steve well when you hire factory workers you expect them to be factory workers right yeah. it, if you want it, which means they need a lot of supervision but that means they need to be that role has to be sourced and and typically when i see people hiring what I call factory workers, we say, well, gosh, Anita's bored. I mean, she's only working 40, 50 hours a week. Let's have her take on this additional responsibility of supervising the factory workers. So if you're going to outsource, if you're going to hire people by the hour, if you're going to treat people like factory workers, then like a factory, you need to have floor supervisors and not somebody back in America going, why isn't anybody working on my stuff? Makes a ton of sense. John, your, th- your take on this. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know that micromanagement is ever truly needed. Uh, I mean, there's certainly places it's acceptable. I guess the only scenario where I think you have to micromanage is when unfortunately somebody's been put on a plan with HR, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I think when you're in that situation, it's got a very high, highly structured situation, set of expectations over a timeline. Um, thankfully, I've only had to do that uh, twice in my career uh, because I believe, you know, if you hire right, and maybe that's a little bit of what Steve is saying, if you hire correctly, good people, good intentions, good attitude, it might just be the role and I've been lucky enough to, when I've had situations where people aren't succeeding, find another role in the organization that's a lateral move. Uh, however, on two times, I haven't been successful. And uh, I will tell you, you know, working that process of an HR plan is like horrible for everyone involved. And I extrapolate that out to what if I had to manage this way every day? How horrible it would be to work for me. Yeah. I, I'm I'm confident when I did work with those two individuals, our relationship materially changed because yeah. I, I couldn't trust them, right? They'd had enough inaction, enough walls they hit, and I couldn't get them over it. And so now I got to figure out what to do. No, I, in, when you started there, it really made me think of something Steve and I were talking about earlier today when it's like, is it micromanagement or management? And I think at a point, you know, management is the right word. You don't want to micromanage them. Maybe your HR situation when they're on plan makes sense. The scenario I remember is I had a guy working for the first time I was a director of product. I had a guy working for me who kept dropping balls, right? He just wasn't fulfilling. And my initial inclination as a former individual contributor, like a month before, was to start catching those balls, and start doing it for him. And pretty quickly, I realized that I can't keep catching balls for people who work for me, right? I need to figure out how to do them. So like Dharma, I would get in it for a period of time. All right, you keep messing up on X, Y, Z. Let me help you with X, Y, Z and hold you. Now that we've taught you how to do this, I don't expect you to be perfect right away, but I expect you to show growth and hold them to that expectation. And so I, I do believe you can drop that micro in many of those situations because it's not micromanagement unless it's factory workers. Before we move on from this question, I'm gonna give Jason and Calvin a you know quick, any thoughts on this one, Jason? 
nothing unique. I mean, I think um, definitely a high priority customer usually issues is where I could see micromanagement needing a temporary situation just to make sure that the customer is being addressed because a lot of times there's heavy communication in there and you don't want to keep messing up with a highly sensitive scenario. Yeah. Um, but other than that, um, it's all, it's all really HR related, like has been already spoke about. Awesome. Calvin, anything else to add? I, you know what? I, I really, I really don't. I mean, I guess I think that's I, okay. I, yeah. Echoing everyone else. It's just, you know, junior employees or, or specific situations when it's really becomes management as opposed to micromanagement. Awesome. This next, not even a question. This is me thinking coffee talk, right? If you remember the Mike Myers thing on Saturday Night Live. I, getting inside the head of micromanagers, right? Micromanagement as controlling versus micromanagement as perfection. Discuss. Anita. In every situation where I've been micromanaged, it was a controlling situation. Every right. single time. Every single time. That's just my experience. Okay. I, and and I, when, when I've been guilty of micromanaging too, it's been controlling because, you know, most of my product management been, has been in software and I came from QA, like I said earlier. So there is no such <laughs> thing as perfection. You. you know, there is no per perfection, but yeah, when, when I've micromanaged too, it was a controlling thing. I don't really agree with what you're doing. And I think I should be the one making the decision or you're wrong. <laughs> right. So I, I think, yep. I can't think of an example where it was about perfection. Interesting. Although there's some of the, now I need to go back into some of the things where I'm thinking about perfection and going, was that just really them being controlling or was that being perfection? Cause I think it could come across as both Mr. Gattrell. Yeah. I mean, I, I, mean, I think we, we can all tell the Steve Jobs story, right. Uh, right. And you know, maybe that was perfection or neurotnosis of some sort uh, around design. But uh, I think that's a rounding error, right? That's an edge case. I mean, you will run into people that have a just a dogged understanding of what is next. And they believe this tweak, this, this pixel, whatever it is, right? Um, that intuitive person that's looking for perfection, but you know, that, that doesn't exist at scale. It, it's not reproducible. And so I'd like to give people the benefit of the doubt and go, ah, you're a perfectionist, but I'm a good enoughist, right? At some point, let's just get it out. Let's ship this and see what's set. Cause I don't know what's perfect. And if I did, I probably would be doing something else, right? I mean, let's 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 let the market tell us what's perfect. It's interesting, John. Up. The CEO who made me think of this question was a CEO who also referred to himself as he's like the Steve Jobs for his company. And so this is somebody who literally spent a year on a four-page glossy fixing wording. In, yeah, well, I worked for a guy for a while, and he, he used to say, John, we've reached the point of polishing the turd. It doesn't get any prettier than this. This is as pretty as it gets. Let's go. Uh, I, I, I hear you completely. Dharma, any, any thoughts? Controlling versus perfection? Uh, I would kind of err on the controlling side. Perfection. Um, there's no such thing as perfection. 
um, it's what's good enough. That's good enough. Uh, I, 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 we're get, seeing a consensus here. Jason, Calvin, any other thoughts there? I'm thinking, you know, I'm thinking that perfection is almost a, a matter of opinion. You know, what someone, what you think is, you know, what I think is per- perfect might be different than what you think. So, yeah. I mean, I think that it really does become about about controlling. So even the perfection is a controlling micromanagement. Per- per- perfection is their opinion and their behavior is controlling. Yeah, I mean, there's a certain, there's a certain point where, you know, where, where the turd is polished enough. <laughs> You know, it's like, well, you missed the spot. Well, no. Uh, John is going to be so happy I used that metaphor, Calvin, and now it's, <laughs> it's propagated to Canada. Awesome. Yeah. Jason, are you just going to yes and? Or just I, yes? Thought, I thought the turd was polished enough where I could see my reflection, but it turns <laughs> out it was just the turd. I'm kidding. That's a joke. Um, so, yeah, no, I think it's all about controlling to um, – as I've seen it as well. Definitely controlling. All right, Steve Johnson, last take on this one before we move to the lightning round. Uh, I was all set to, agree, uh, to to choose controlling. And as we've been going through this, I've been thinking while everybody went to the controlling side, I do think there's a, a perfection side. I, 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 uh, I, I, let's see how I put this. I've worked with people who don't have the same OCD that I have about things lining up, you know, like this is one pixel higher or two pixels higher than this. And it, it, it drives me nuts. Right. And how can you not see that? Uh, So, you know, I trust you, but uh, Hey, could you scoot that other image up? So I don't know who you could be talking about, Steve. (laughs) Nobody in particular. Um, oh, Steve does it to everyone. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering if someone... He will decorate slides for the design team. <laughs> yeah, but, but this is creative and art artistry versus execution and delivery, right? Agreed. So when, I, so when I added the Steve job, he's, a, he's an artist, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, fundamentally in a design. And, but the difference between artists and, is they have full ownership and ability ability to say we're done right and so if i'm sculpting something i'm done when i say it's done when i think it's perfect Mm -hmm. and that's very much what calvin said it's personal opinion but you you can only truly have the the perfection version when that one person is the owner and the one that both good and bad things happens to I, I think that's very fair. And Steve, I had not even thought about you in the perfection part of this until you just brought that up. So I, I definitely remember some of our conversations about the course. You know, and I just wonder, yeah, and I guess it's directing at Steve, if it's <laughs> one pixel above or, I mean, does it, does it matter? Does it move the needle, whatever moving the needle means? I mean, does it sell? It moves the pixel. Does it, you know, does it? It, it stops hurting his soul. Like, you know, his soul doesn't get graded. You know, I mean, perfection is the enemy of good. Is that what? That's true. And and yet, you know, when I see things that are not right in my point of view, my subjective point of view, it's like I'm covered in ants. It's like, (laughs) you know, it's just like, 
hang on, get out of the way. Let me line these things up. Don't you, you click on the left and you click on the right when you click on a line top. Okay. Thank you. I can sleep now. We did not mean for this to be an intervention, Steve. I apologize. <laughs> With that said, we've talked a lot about being micromanaged, but we also acknowledge that many of us do micromanage and product managers sometimes have to micromanage. Lightning round question today, and let's try to be lightning round. Last time we were getting a little too verbose. So lightning round question today, what is your best advice on avoiding micromanaging others? Jason, I've had this up here enough. I'm going to start with you. Then I'm going to go to Calvin. Um, trust each other. Trust each other. Okay. Calvin. Communicate clearly with each other. Trust, communicate. We're doing some good yes ands. Anita, and then John. Yes, and work together to break old bad habits. Break bad habits. Awesome. Got John Gatrell, Dharma, you're next. Would this be something you would want done unto you? Right? Golden rule kind type. A little thing. bit of golden rule, right? I mean, if, if this happened to me, it's empathy, right? Yeah. I mean, a little bit. If it, what, what would I feel? Awesome. Dharma. I, I think it's setting expectations. Like um, with parties saying that, hey, this this is what I want. This is what is needed for this project. This is what good looks like, right? And we're gonna keep check. You take it upon you to tell me as long as you're staying on track. And if you're not on track, give me a heads up. Awesome. You know? We've got trust. We've got communicate. We got uh, breaking bad habits. We've got uh, empathy and the golden rule. We've now got setting expectations. Steve, what's left? Yes, and. You know what? Trust is earned, not given. Mm -hmm. And there, it drives me insane on, on movies where they're, they're like, do you trust me? And I'm like, there's no chance in hell I trust you. You know, <laughs> I've just met you and we're getting ready to jump into a ravine on a parachute that you may or may not have packed. No, I don't trust you, but um, I'll fall back on product management. Uh, as a manager, my job is to articulate problems. The people I communicate with are responsible for solutions. All so right. Really, you don't think trust is there until it's not? I think it was more like there's not trust isn't there until it is. <laughs> but I, I think, think it's there until it's not. Good. I well, you're a nicer you person. I think you're a nicer person. Oh, but in Trust, a, but uh, verify area, I don't know who anybody is, um, and I I tend to trust, but you know, to real to jump into a ravine on your parachute, I, I need a lot more trust than a casual trust. So it goes by. <laughs> I the just know that if I'm in a MacGyver like situation and that's all I got, I'm trusting that cat. There we go. And but also it goes to the, the risk of the situation, right? It. it if it's risking your life, you may want to verify a little more than the trust. So actually, you guys all had such great answers. I'm not going to yes and it because there's nothing left for me to say. And we're also out of time. So I'd like to thank all of our panelists for a wonderful conversation on micromanagement. Uh, you guys know the deal. In the community, the question goes up on Monday. And Jason knows what to think about. Wednesday, we've got the poll. And then Fridays, we have these amazing conversations. Guys, thank you so much for another wonderful conversation. I look forward to it next week. 
Hopefully we see you guys in the community and see you on the call next week. Have a great weekend, everybody. Thanks, Grant. Be safe. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Business of Product Topic of the Week brought to you by Product Growth Leaders. If you haven't yet, go to your Apple, Android, or favorite podcast app to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join us next week for another episode. And for more great content and to participate in the Topic of the Week conversation, go to community.productgrowthleaders.com and join the conversation.